0: You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. It is a Monday. That means it is a Zona Monday here on the show. We are Locked On Phoenix Suns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Brendan Clean. Follow our show on Twitter and on Instagram, at LockedOnPHXSuns. You can follow me, at Clean 14 and because it is a monday i'm joined by brandon you know him as zona on twitter and he is at az sports zone brandon most exciting show by far that we have done together since you joined six straight wins we are following up here i just got home from the magic game which was a little bit of a snoozer but i think those are good too right so uh how are you feeling after six straight suns wins
1: yeah it's definitely a exciting time to be a suns fan for sure i mean sometimes you just got to take a step back and just you know it's been a really fun stretch and you just got to sit back and enjoy the show that they've been putting on and you know even just dating back to the bubble it seems like that that magic is starting to carry over again the chemistry is built and you just feel good going into every game now at this point and tonight was one of those games where in the past you know Orlando coming in with eight guys and you know Nikola Vucevic goes for like forty one. Terrence Ross destroys the Suns and they drop a game against them uh, in typical yeah. Suns fashion. But these that's these are not the same old Suns. So I think that's pretty clear. And uh, I'm just really excited to be able to talk on a podcast about a Suns team during this new era. Um, and you know, Suns fans should just be very excited.
0: Yeah, I can kind of feel it too. Some of what you're saying, just in terms of like an energy and sort of a, like an optimism, I guess it, it feels like, you know, I, we covered on this, doing this podcast and just, you know, all the different places that I write about the team and everything. Like we've had some streaks, but I think in the past it never felt like, I think we were smart enough to know that like, you know, drug and bender in the gang, winning a few games wasn't meaningful. It didn't <laughs> matter. It wasn't going anywhere. Uh, even last year, I think we knew it was it was like the, the first stage in, in something. We didn't know what that something was, but I think now, yeah, like you said, you, you feel the chemistry, you feel the sort of sense of um, like what the team is at its core. And, and that's what I really feel like has clicked. Like um, we're not really gonna go game by game today, guys, that we're really gonna just get kind of bounce back and forth with our bigger picture takeaways. Um, But I, you know, just to say the Philly game to me was, I think, the best game that this team's played. I feel like that game to me was eye opening in terms of it really sort of like you kind of saw the evidence of how really elite they can be on both ends of the floor and the margin for error that they have where in the past they didn't have one. Um, The way that they can adjust and be versatile, play different types of basketball. I feel like that's all been on display this whole stretch and uh, but that that kind of leads me to, the, to my first takeaway which is just the one thing these games all certainly have in common and we'll have another one on Tuesday here is that they've all been at home and the Suns were you know not not anything special at home last year I believe they were about 500 or so I mean they were about 500 on the season um, but they didn't really take care of business in any meaningful way there was no meaningful home court advantage um, so I don't know if it's having to do with fans being back i don't know if it's you know the the more veteran nature of the team this year and and that helping i i don't know why but it's been nice to see that the games that they should win which are against you know worse teams at home those are the ones you should build up on that they've done that
1: yeah definitely and i think uh booker and paul just both clicking together is obviously the main ingredient and you know i I think coming into the season a lot of Suns fans thought that they had a chance to be the best backcourt in the NBA and right now you could certainly make that case um you know and they just continued their run of dominance against Eastern Conference teams uh, other than Detroit and Washington so um I believe this (laughs) win puts them at eight and two in the east with their only two losses coming to the two worst teams in the east so um perfect yeah so um but yeah it's it's definitely been uh more of what I think Suns fans expected initially with this team but you know those expectations were a little a little bit delusional I think just for a team that's so new like especially with Chris Paul you know it's it's not easy to integrate someone like him with a guy like Booker Um, it's not just going to happen seamlessly and obviously they lost some heartbreakers and you know going eight and eight there's a lot of Suns fans that were you know calling uh calling some shots on on Monty and Booker and just panicking. And I, I remember tweeting, like, any Suns fans that have any so- like stock that they want to sell, I'm buying all of it. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah, panic. Exactly. And you just got to give this team some time. They're not at full strength. And you're kind of seeing them slowly but surely uh, get healthier and healthier. And tonight was the first night, I think, that they just had an empty health report. So that was awesome.
0: Yeah, the, the Phoenix Suns going to the moon now. Um <laughs> It's like, I think it was so. Yeah, it was so silly. But I, I like to your point. Actually, um, now that I'm thinking about it and hearing you go through that, I feel like you know if I am trying to figure out maybe what the 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 home part of this had to do with it is. At least I feel like I've seen a lot more uh, stuff that they're running that's creative and integrating all the pieces. Um, even Booker referred to it after the. Uh, Milwaukee game just saying that he was even he was sort of taken aback at at how well Monty's stuff was working for them there was a couple threes that they created at the beginning of the fourth quarter of that Milwaukee game that I tweeted out one of them was a cam three at the top of the arc that was just ridiculous Um, and so some of that and and just the ways that they're getting Book and, and Chris Paul involved in the offense like you said together in you know sets in and just simple actions that have both of them and both of what they're good at kind of working at the same time that's been really cool to me like you know whether it's just a simple dribble handoff between those two guys or book cutting off ball and Chris just knowing how to find him pick and roll between Ayton, where Booker's doing something off the ball like all the stuff we envisioned of how simple yet efficient this offense could be I feel like we've seen a lot of that lately
1: yeah definitely and that's that definitely just comes down to reps and just staying healthy is the key with that, obviously. And I think one like factor that isn't being talked about enough is like after that Washington game when they were suspended for a week, you know, they didn't get a practice at all and like that's that's valuable time where a lot of these teams that are like integrating these new pieces have, you know, games to get those game reps in while the Suns kind of had to sit around, they couldn't even get practice reps in together. So, you know, it's that's that definitely is Part of the reason they they went one and four, I think it was, like right after that, you know, in those first five games yeah. after that hiatus. Um, and obviously the, two ten, the Denver games were very winnable too, so it's not like they were playing terrible. It was just, you know, just closing out games and just learning how to kind of work off one another. So, um, you know, I think in a way those growing pains early in the season, we're going to look back at that, and it could be like the best thing that ever happened to them because it, it's going to help them like iron out some kinks and, you know, obviously – getting full health now too will help a lot of the issues that they are having in those those close losses too so um, i think right now what you're seeing is what everyone expected but it's just happening at a more natural pace
0: yeah your point on practice is really good uh, about that break because i think the other thing like we all conceptually i think we've heard different coaches and players talk about how challenging this season is from a scheduling standpoint for that reason but I think another thing that gets lost within that is like, yeah, it's condensed, but you're also having a ton of back-to-backs. And so, you know, obviously teams don't really, well, maybe it's not obvious, but teams don't practice on or, or, or usually even shoot around on the second game of a back-to-back. So that that day is lost. Um, and they usually will take the day after those that back-to-back completely off. So when you start to pile up, as many back-to-backs as I mean every team's going through it but for a team that had an entire new sort of uh, you know point guard and and leader and and director of traffic taking over they needed more of that and they weren't getting it and this season wasn't allowing it and so yeah I agree with you completely and I think um, we're just sort of seeing things settle into what what they should be Um, and I have one more sort of Takeaway that I think, for whatever reason, another one that I can't quite explain, but does kind of go to the timing of things and why things are settling in. But wanted to take a quick break first to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over after the Super Bowl, but the NBA, obviously. College basketball on both the men's and women's side. The NHL in full swing. I'm starting to see... Spring training signs and, and posters, and people trying to get me to buy tickets around the valley. So, sports are not over, guys. I think you all know that. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. So, there's basically real time, updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. So, head over to Bet Online. You're going to be covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place a bet on anything. Best of all, free to sign up. So, head to the website or download their mobile app now. Sign up today, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's all one word, the name of our network, when you sign up, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus after your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, my, my my not not my last takeaway by any means, but the one that I was thinking of in that last segment when we were talking about timing and, and things sort of s- kind of coming together and chemistry and all that, we're just in that time of year where Devin Booker tends to score like a maniac. And it was a little earlier last season. I think he had five straight 30-point games sort of around the new year. But the season was obviously started earlier that, that time. So it's usually about two or so months in uh, when, he, when he really just catches fire. And I feel like you can't talk about this winning streak without talking about him returning from that injury and then just completely playing out of his mind.
1: Yeah, and I think the best way to know Devin Booker's back or, like, locked in is when he does those crazy, just, you know, running left-handed, like, layups where it looks like he's almost out of control, but he just, at the last second, just puts, like, a nice touch on it and just kisses it off the glass, and it just drops in. And the defense It was is-
0: hilarious. Kevin Ray on the broadcast, it he, it was, like, funny because it was right, but it was also an insane thing to say. He was... I think it was the Sixers game... Ben Simmons let him get that one of those shots off, or I guess let him—I don't know if you call it that. Book got one of those shots off on him and made it, and and, Ray, and Kevin Ray said, "Oh no, we let him get to the left hand." I'm like, if you can't <laughs> let him get to that shot, what are we doing here? Like, it was just funny to 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 hear him react that way because it's like, yeah, you re- that is like a, a go-to for him, but it's unblockable, and it's like the def- the shot the defense is trying to give him.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's. <laughs> When, when books in that mode, it's just like, especially when he's like pulling up from deep and just he seems like he's like the defense has to overplay a little bit. Like when when like he's at his best when he's attacking off the off the drive, and I think early in the season there was moments where he would go long stretches without doing that, and now that like you know just seeing him do it so consistently and like with a purpose, and he has that the touch and like the finesse to like finish in traffic like we've always like known him to be able to. Um, so I think that does a lot for his confidence too, and that's why we're seeing some more logo, logo bombs, and uh, <laughs> those are always fun. You know, it's, it gets all the bleacher reports and you know, big media outlets to, to post because they love it for whatever reason. They're just obsessed with logo shots. So well, he
0: was feeling himself after that that kind of game sealing three in the fourth quarter against Philly. Oh, yeah. I don't know why Simmons didn't have his hands up. I don't know why that he thought that that wasn't Book's range, but that one put a smile on his face for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think Ben was just shocked. He was like, really? Yeah. It's, I uh, guess, but, like,
0: I mean, what did, what did the the game he had against him in the first week of the season last year not, like, yeah, teach and, him? And back that, in how, Philly, like, how far
1: three is. years ago when he had that 40-something point game and a win, he had a couple yeah. – seems like he just really likes to play against Philadelphia, so – so yeah,
0: for the well, yeah, I guess when you think the Eastern Conference record that you said a minute ago, um, I that that's not a surprise, I suppose, when you look at how Book tends to play against Eastern Conference teams. But uh, just going through his last six games statistically, um, while I'm looking at it here, 28.3 points per night in 35 minutes, shooting 55% from the field, 44% from three, and 80% from. Uh, from the free throw line and then more than a two to one assist to turnover ratio so the assists are kind of I I liked how he pivoted in the past couple even in the Philly game um, but then even you know in the Magic game which was a little bit of a of a blowout so not competitive for most of it but he scored 17 in the first quarter against Orlando and then pivoted to playmaking and I don't think he had an assist in that first quarter and then he had six by the end of the night so uh, he's, he's kind of using that to his advantage as well. But yeah, it just, I don't know. I keep coming back to how simple it's been for him. Like when I was dreaming of the Chris Paul edition, as the rumor started to come out, I felt like that was going to be what helped them so much, maybe even more than anything, except for the fact that Chris Paul can, can just score himself better. But in terms of like what Chris Paul's playmaking could do and why it would would be better than Rubio is like, there's just a simplicity to it because of how much the defense has to pay attention to Paul in a way they just didn't for Rubio. And you can see them taking advantage of that. They're not doing anything crazy. It's not like they're turning Booker into Clay Thompson out there or J.J. Redick. Like, he's, he's just so good that you don't have to do much.
1: Yeah, he's just taking what with, with the defense gives him, right? Like, it's, it's not forced. And, you know, in the past, you know, him scoring 17 points in the first quarter, you're thinking, okay, he's, he's going to try to go for 50. And that's, that's not his mindset this year. Um, it's more, Unless Jimmer
0: has something to say about it. Yeah.
1: And so he's just like – he's just taking what the defense gives him. He's not forcing anything. And, you know, if they want to throw the junk defenses at him, as he calls them, then uh, they're going to make you pay with the, all the shooters they have around him. And, you know, the ball just doesn't stop moving. And this team really done, a, I think, a great job of, you know, taking care of the ball and just knowing that every – possession counts i think that's kind of something that comes with chris paul like you know team like you're you're gonna get yelled at if you if you waste possession so i think this team's starting to get that and you know they're just they're playing selfless basketball and it's just it's really fun to watch and um yeah i think when booker is playing like this like he doesn't care how many points he scores he's just gonna play within himself and that that's winning basketball
0: do you have any thoughts about the Instagram activity that we've seen from him and how that might impact how, uh, how he's playing?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um, you, can,
0: you can plead the fifth. I, I just wanted to – I feel like it's just we're talking about Booker. It's, it's the news. It's, it just has to, be, it has to be mentioned at the very least.
1: Uh, I think it's definitely relevant for uh, – especially the Philadelphia game. I mean, Ben Simmons uh, obviously has a history with, with Kendall, Jenner yeah uh, for, the, for those listeners that don't know um Devin Booker's dating Kendall Jenner and
0: uh and she's been in town
1: yes so it could give him a little boost um but I definitely think in, against Philadelphia it seems like he always tries to just go at Simmons so that's always fun but
0: I wonder what that is yeah I mean because even it's like you said it's it's dating back for a long time now well I don't know what it is about Philly but um no I agree I mean it it I feel like it would be reasonable that it would give anybody a boost to have uh, a loved one in town. Um, And for Valentine's day today, I think he wanted to get out of there early. So I put up 17 in the first, take care of business, move on with, with his life. Um, Yeah. To your point though, uh, more seriously on a couple of things you said, um, the taking care of the ball. I completely agree tonight. I mean, Orlando was down to eight guys and, and again, a blowout, but 24 assists to eight turnovers like that's kind of the stuff we were seeing with rubio um and to be able to play more sort of risky basketball i guess you could say and and higher level basketball while still being as efficient with just the possessions is is really something that's going to take them a long way and then with the junk defenses like i've kind of made fun of them in the past because it's like if, if it's such a junk defense why are you one of the guys in the league who can't consistently beat them because a lot of the elite, elite scorers in the league, that's not a defense that works against them. You see Dame just turn on the, he just revs the engine and he scoots right past guys and he'll go up for a dunk or he'll pull up for three in their face and you can't do that against him because it's just not really effective. Same with Steph or, you know, any of these guys with range who also can can kind of get inside. He's been beating it more lately, Book has. And, and Philly actually was executing it pretty well like credit to like Joel Embiid and those guys um you know Embiid not the fastest dude in the league but he was getting out there and and making it hard and for the most part Booker was able to to get around it and so if he can get teams to adjust and not always throw that at him when he's going that's going to be really nice uh, it's going to be a whole other sort of level to his game where that's just been the default for defenses for so long where if he's kind of going and especially if he's on a in a lineup without a lot of talent around him then that's the the game plan but he's beating it more consistently and then I don't know what you do
1: yeah and to that point I think that is why Chris Paul is so important because he just bends the defense himself so it's like pick your poison I mean if you know if Booker's not gonna beat you then Paul's gonna find an open man or just you know slice you up and hit you with a mid-range setback and you know, ruin some some big men's lives for the for the night. You know, he whenever he gets in the a switch with a big on him, it's always fun. Um,
0: yeah, ask Brooke Lopez.
1: Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, so that's why I think this team is just so well built for a playoff series because you can try to game plan all you want to just you know take Devin Booker out of the game, but this team is so deep and the way they move the ball, it's it's really just like pick your poison. That's that's why you know. I've said, you know, entering the season, this is a team that no one's going to want to play in the playoffs because they have a modern big and in Dayton that won't get played off the floor. They have a bunch of interchangeable wings that can guard multiple positions. And then you have the two clutch players that can, you know, carry an offense and, uh, you know, hit tough shots. And the playoffs are all about hitting tough shots and self-creation. And when you have two of the best in the business at that, surrounded by a really deep, and versatile team it's it's gonna make a, i'm not gonna say they're gonna you know reach the the finals or anything but i'm also not gonna say they can't win you know two three series
0: yeah they i mean they're playing as well as anyone right now so i think you know you you owe like we we owe it to them to take them as seriously as they're kind of begging to be taken right like they they just finished a stretch where they beat boston milwaukee and philadelphia and you know they have some other signature wins already on there calendar Utah and there was another one that I was remembering I I guess the Dallas wins don't look as nice as they did Um, but yeah beating Utah and Denver early in the season the Indiana win was really nice like they've strung together a lot of high-level performances lately and so yeah and then just from a playoff standpoint it's like Booker and Paul are the two probably best mid-range jump shooters in the league so you know when you have guys who can kill you in the space that every NBA defense these days is basically begging you to take shots in then it's like okay uh you're starting to really run out of options against them so i think we've definitely seen that lately but let's run through some quicker ones to close out the show and then uh talk a little about this Nets matchup and and kind of what it means on a whole range of of topics but before that the second sponsor of today's show which i told you about at the top is Built Bar the best tasting protein bar ever And the new, I I told you last week, if you have not ordered it already, I I really recommend it because I got to try it and it's delicious. It's the, I think it's called Almond Coconut Chunk or Coconut Almond Chunk. It's basically like an Almond Joy, if you've ever had one. Uh, For anyone who's tried a Bilt Bar already, they all taste like candy, but this one is particular to me because I absolutely love Almond Joys and they basically made a protein bar that tastes like one. Uh, So that sounds good to you, I feel like you don't even need to listen to the rest of this, but if you're needing to be convinced still, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, mint brownie, just to name a few, they're all low calorie, low sugar, and then high in protein, so they're nice between meals, after a workout, before a workout, whatever you like to do, if you just maybe like to put the right kind of stuff in your body, just use it as a snack, it doesn't need to be related to, you know, lifting weights or anything like that, we all could just use that pick-me-up every so often, and Bilt Bar is the best one. So go to BillBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's the name of our network. That's all one word. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for 20% off at BiltBar.com. Okay, back here with our last set of takeaways from this uh, six-game winning streak, especially these past four games. Don't forget to check out Locked On NBA as well. If you don't already, you get... David Locke and Ben Gulliver of the Washington Post every single week. You get hosts from around the country like Wes Goldberg who covers the Warriors for the San Jose Mercury News and a ton of great voices. It's uh, one of my favorite NBA shows, and it's not just because I know the people. They're great. They do great stuff, and it's every single day just like this one. Okay, so I'll give you the four. What have we not talked about that's uh, impressing you, Brandon, from these past four to six games?
1: I just think defensively just how this team just is always on the same page it seems like and everyone's playing hard and you know we've already talked about the offense just like how they you know cherish every possession and you know they aren't taking plays off on that end either but on defense I think just and it's I mean there's going to be nights where you know it's the NBA and in 2021 like there's some crazy scores that are just going to get there no matter what so you can't really look at the numbers every night but just you know, when it counts the most, you know, digging down, getting stops, just winning 50 50 balls, um, you know, just making the extra rotation, closing out hard. Like, these are things that the Suns in the past have not done, and it shows up. Like, you know, it might not be a big deal if you take a playoff here or there, like, in the moment, but those things add up, like, add up. So I think that's just something Monty's done a great job of getting everyone to buy in and. Uh, I just really like how professional everyone on the bench is, too. You know, especially the guards. Like, if they're not getting minutes, like Javon, he's been the first one, you know, clapping on the bench, you know, getting pumped for his teammates. Etwan Moore has been ready to go the whole, like, season, basically. And, you know, he's starting to to really show some stuff. So, I, I don't know. I just think it's just the whole team just being as collectively bought in and, like, on the same page. Like, part of me is, like, I don't even think they need to. And this this comes with the disclaimer that you know Frank has definitely exceeded my wildest expectations, but I still think they probably need another athletic big that's like a change of pace big that they think Damian Jones is. But outside of that, I don't think well, this do they team anymore? needs. A, he's not even playing. Yeah,
0: I think they. I think they realize he's not that. So yeah, I agree.
1: Exactly. So other than that, though, like I, I don't even think I'd risk making a trade, like like if the right deal comes along and they want to make an upgrade and it helps them in the short and long term then sure but at this point you know their chemistry is just so like you can tell this team and it's they've only been healthy for like a very short amount of time but so that's another thing to factor in is like you know once once they get more comfortable with each other like this isn't even their like complete form right now they're like i don't even think this is their peak form like not even close so that's sort of what uh, gives me optimism and thinks well, that... Well,
0: and it's a testament to Monty's coaching, I feel like, too. Like, the fact that there's a system that works so well for the talent slash... You know, it's, it's like, symbiotic. They built a roster that could fit the, the system, and they built the system that could fit the players, and, and kind of back and forth with that. But the fact that it, it's been so smooth to integrate pieces into it, I feel like uh, it's even more of a cause for, like you're saying, like they can now start to kind of piece together even more if they want to. But I think, I'm, I think I agree with you that they don't, that's kind of been a thought I've had too. Honestly, it kind of, we hadn't even talked about it, but I don't know that there's anything worth doing. Like they have Damian Jones there and his contract is non-guaranteed and I absolutely don't think that they will pick it up. Um, and keep him so that'll be a roster spot open and they can sign a guy to a minimum deal or or have an extra roster spot to use in a trade and that type of thing but seeing how well Dario and and Payne came back once they were healthy makes me feel like well those are kind of the two pieces that you know if they were still dealing with injuries or they weren't at 100% or they weren't really effective because of those that missed time then maybe you would think okay well our bench is going to be thin but the benches back to being one of the best parts of this team again
1: exactly and it's all about like you can have depth but if it's not the right depth then you know it's not going to mesh well and click and there's going to be players that are unhappy and that that stuff shows like you know ruins chemistry and i think james jones just wanted you know professional guys in the locker room and that's each one Linkson, links and galloway i mean we've, we've already talked about this they're just the ultimate pros and you know great teammates so you know, just continuing to build in that culture and just bringing guys like that is is huge. And, um, you know, just, you know, I I really do think from top to bottom, this is um, the best roster they've had since, you know, 2009, 2010. And speaking of that team, Steve Nash, nice little segue.
0: Yeah, how are you feeling? Steve back in the building with, ah, there are fans. I was going to say with no fans to cheer for him, but I guess that changed.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm happy that it's coming at a time where this team is like actually going to be a playoff team again because um, it would just be depressing if they were like you know 9 and 17 instead of you know 17 and 9 heading into this game so um, you know I'm, I'm happy yeah. for Steve obviously he's, he's a, a fan favorite in Phoenix and one of my favorite players growing up so um, you know I'm I wish him nothing but the best, but, uh, not on Tuesday, you know, I hope the Suns yeah. keep the the perfect homestand going and head into a important little three game, uh, Western conference, you know, ser- not series, but little uh, trio of games that are important after that yeah. on a good note.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, no KD makes a little bit, kind of takes some of the air out of the game, but it is on TNT and obviously Kyrie and, and Harden is, is no rollover game at all. And, just the upside of of that team offensively you know the added importance of of having Nash I agree Um, it's been kind of disappointing honestly that between the sort of chaos around that team and his own you know maybe you, you blame it on COVID a little bit first time coach and that type of stuff but he has been and I think occasionally rightly sort of criticized for some of their decisions, but uh, I like he's playing Landry Shamit now, so that's good. That was one thing watching that team where I was just like, you have a perfectly capable NBA player, but you're running like eight guys into the ground. Maybe he got that from his old uh, his old coach and now assistant a little bit, Mike D'Antoni. But um, yeah, it's making me think about on a more sort of emotional note. It's making me think about being in the building for his uh, ring for his uh, Ring of Honor ceremony, which was cool i was at asu and they have the Well, it was also when the team was really bad and they had student tickets that were like dirt cheap if you waited long enough like if you waited until like an hour or two before game time or maybe before tickets stopped being on sale or whatever the benchmark was you could go for like five bucks and then especially if it was really empty, once you were 30 minutes until tip-off, you could upgrade for free if they just had empty seats. So I was like lower bowl in a seat I had no business being in for that and getting to hear like D'Antoni and Nash, and Nash was a little tipsy, I feel like, and uh, (laughs) it was fun. It was cool, though. It was like um, it was the right thing at that time because the team was so bad. It was like let's just relive some of those memories for a night.
1: Yeah, I was actually there for that game too. I uh, didn't finish oh, yeah, my way into the uh, in the front like you, but uh, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. that, was, well. that was
1: an awesome awesome moment. And uh, yeah, I think I don't know if they're gonna. I'm sure they'll have a, a tribute video or something. Like there has to be something they do. Or oh yeah, you know, I would think so. I hope they get, like make him. Give a, a sober speech this time or something. That'd be before the game. That'd be funny.
0: You agree with me, right? He had had a little bit. Oh yeah, he for he sure. was okay.
1: Yeah, at least uh, <laughs> s- seven beers or less deep.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, ex- or more. Yeah, uh, he, I had a stick
1: with the or less theme. You know, seven seconds or less. Oh so, no, I got you. Yeah. I got
0: you. Uh, in this case, yeah, he he broke the rule for the for the alcohol intake on that one. Yeah, but. It, was,
1: it was hilarious, but.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, I, and like Booker, Bookin, and Chris are, I feel like kind of aware and like that stuff matters to them too. So I, I feel like they'll, you know, make it take take it upon themselves to at least do something. Would be my guess. But uh, it's cool though. I mean, again, not exactly positive how I feel about there being fans in there, but at the same time. Um, <laughs> It's cool that there will be people in there to see that and, and then it's on T N T and like we'll get Chuck talking about or I guess no, he doesn't do Tuesdays, so whatever. But uh, it, it'll be fun to it'll be fun to you know, we don't need Chuck to talk about it now that I'm thinking about it more. Yeah, probably, I'd rather probably not off. maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll he'll have another Sons rant in him. But no, I'm I'm excited and I'll get your prediction then since he won't be on until next Monday. Are they gonna are the Suns gonna keep this alive, close out the close out the streak against their, their former great?
1: I think so. Um I think I mean last time I predicted a blowout it was the Super Bowl and I failed miserably. <laughs> Didn't go well so for you. um I'm gonna stay away from the blowout but I do think they win comfortably. Um I, I just think Brooklyn's defense is just like the Suns are just gonna have like Mikel Bridges is gonna feast specifically just on the cuts and then who's gonna guard Devin Booker? Like I, I exactly. just exactly I think it's gonna be a great matchup for them and um yeah. I mean, I, I don't feel as supremely confident because they still do have Kyrie and, and Harden who are rival Booker and Paul for like the best backcourt in the league. But, you know, um, I, I just think the Suns match up really well with them. So we'll see what happens.
0: They have no answer for, for Booker, I agree. And it's like, at the end of the day, it might just be that simple sometimes with how, with how he's playing right now, at least. Like, I, I just, he's going to get up for that matchup. We know he does that. We know he cares about those types of games. And we know right now there's really not much anybody's done against him to keep him quiet so I agree I feel like I will predict a win there as well 7-0 and stand. we'll see how it fares after that um, nice to beat up on the east but we also do need to see them pick up some west wins before the break just to feel really good about where they are uh, in the standings you don't want to drop those either like Portland is is fifth and you know that game on the twenty second is is an interesting one, or the Lakers or the Warriors. So
1: yeah, Portland is we'll just see. crazy. I mean, I, I don't get it. They just keep churning out wins with like so many key guys out. Like it's, You I know, just keep waiting. Mellow's for Mello's living start for falling. it.
0: Mello's living for it. Yeah.
1: So I I think the, yeah. the no, those next three games actually after Brooklyn are New Orleans and Memphis and Portland. Those are those are big games. You could start to really create some separation in the West.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to start to see that, and you just want to have the Suns be one of those teams that can uh, can be on the right side of it because we've just had this this glut in the middle for so long, and I think we are going to start to see some teams, you know, the the elite go above five hundred, and the the tanking teams start to sell off and, and move on. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if the Suns become one of the top or the bottom. I, I feel like it's pretty likely they stay more near the top, uh, but it's going to be fun to watch them do it. So uh thanks again brandon as always for coming on and we will be back tomorrow tuesday with uh, an unknown show i might do another mailbag you guys have been feeding me good stuff so if we can get enough to do that every week i'm more than happy but we'll have to see i'll, I'll toss out a tweet or whatever and uh shoot me your questions at locked on phx sons if you have any sweet